and share what is the purpose behind Christmas. What, just a reminder, and this may be uh, new to a few of you, and it might just be, again, reminders uh, to help us uh, refocus. I like the word calibrate, recalibrate ourselves to the meaning and the purpose of Christmas. Why did God come in the form uh, and literally the person, a human being, uh, 2,022 years ago? Why did that happen? What was, what was that all about? Well, let me share with you three purposes of Christmas this morning. That's the title of the message, is the purpose of Christmas. And the first purpose of Christmas, number one, is that Jesus came to erase the misconceptions about God. You know, there's a lot of crazy ideas about what God is like. Uh, if you were to Google uh, just the question, what is God like, you'd see all sorts of bizarre concepts that people have. And the moment you hear somebody say, I think that God is like, you know, just let a little bell go off in your head and to be reminded that that's just their opinion. They don't, they don't know what God is like. But the good thing is that we have a body of truth called the Bible, Scripture, that is a testimony and the record of the life of Jesus. And one of the reasons that Jesus came, one of the purposes that Jesus came was to erase the misconceptions about what God is like. You know, people tend, listen to this carefully, people tend to imagine or shape a God for themselves that is the most convenient for their life. Do you hear what I said? People tend to shape a God, God made man in his image, but humanity is wanting to make God in their image. And so people tend to imagine a God that's most convenient, that's going to be most accepting of their lifestyle or their view. Now, there's a lot of things you can learn about God by looking at nature. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, that the testimony of God is witnessed in creation. Uh, we can learn that God is a God of variety. Just look at the flowers. Just look at insects. I know some of you don't like insects, but especially when they're uh, in the bathroom. At you know, I'm always hear these screams. You know, and uh, and the, but the variety of birds and the variety of plants and the variety of all the different things. God is a God. A variety. Also, that you look at nature and you see that God is very organized. You see a you see an organization in creation. Things are not just haphazard. Contrary to what uh, others may tell you, that uh, creation is not just a a bunch of random things falling into place. But God is a God who is organized. God is powerful. We live in Hurricane Alley. Uh, we know about God's power. If you, those of you on the West Coast in California where my brother used to live, they dealt with earthquakes. Uh, my son, one son lives in Arkansas, one in Oklahoma. What do they get to deal with? Tornadoes, you know, wherever you go. Up north, uh, some of you have friends and you're from the Michigan and, and upstate New York and you see what they're going through with the weather. And so we see the power of God in just looking at the, the weather. God is creative. God has a sense of humor. Have you ever looked at an orangutan? 
You know, have you ever looked at some of the things? Or, or here's this, you ever look at yourself in the morning mirror? Yes, God has a sense of humor. So we learn a lot about God, but here's the thing, listen to this. There are some things that we cannot learn about God except that Jesus Christ revealed them to us. We can learn a lot about God's actions and God's ways, but there are certain things that we need special knowledge. We need special revelation. We wouldn't know that God is a loving God unless Jesus told us that He loved us. We wouldn't know that God forgives us except that Jesus told us that God is a forgiving God. We wouldn't know that God has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives unless God told us that. You know, even people that do not claim any religious faith will say, well, I know God loves me. Well, how do you know that? To my own knowledge, Jesus is the only one that affirmed that God loves us, that the love of God. People, again, they want to shape God into their own little box, and that's what Jesus came to do. He came to erase the misconceptions about God. People, one of the phrases that just drives me nuts is when people say, well, my truth is this. I want to say, well, my math is this. No, truth is not up for grabs any more than math. You know, well, hey, I think two plus two is too confining to just be four. I think it should be five. You know, let's, you know, let's be generous. No, that, that, no, truth is not up for grabs. Jesus Christ came as the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus Christ blew up all the misconceptions and stereotypes about who God was. And he did it in two primary ways. He taught about God and erased the misconceptions by the way that Jesus, by the way that he lived, and also by the example of and his teaching. So the way so he taught us by the way he lived and also by his example uh, and by his teaching. In John 1837, uh, this is a dialogue from Pilate. And Pilate said to Jesus, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you are the one saying I am a king. But notice what he says, this is why I was born and came into the world to tell people the truth. In John 1.18, the scripture says we're studying the gospel of John and we looked at this several weeks back. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father and has made him known. One version says that Jesus has shown us what God is like. The purpose, one of the purposes is that Jesus came to erase the misconceptions about God. But there's a second reason why we want to understand the real meaning and the purpose of Christmas is secondly, not just that Jesus came to erase the misconceptions about God, but secondly, that he came to express the love of God. Jesus came to express the love of God. We see the signs. You might have one in your yard or, or somewhere, and it says that he is the reason for the season. And that's true. It's about Christ. It's not about the Grinch and it's not about, uh, you know, fictional fairy tales, snow people. Sorry, kids. But, you know, all these things that are, that are going, better hear the truth in church. Uh, but, you know, all this stuff that we have fun with. And again, I don't want to get too whacked out, legalistic over some of the, uh, some of the, the fun things that we do. But we want to make sure 
that it doesn't distract us and distract our kids from understanding what is the reason for the season. But, but if I could almost borderline on heresy a little bit, and, and I certainly wouldn't dissuade that that is not the reason for the season, Jesus, but let me suggest to you another way to look at this, is that you and I are the reason for the season. You think, now what is that about? Jesus came for our benefit. Jesus was incarnated, God a very God made flesh, made human for our benefit, for our uh, blessing, for our rescue, our redemption. Listen, one of our movies that we'll watch tonight, my wife and I, is A Wonderful Life. You know, we just somehow watch that. The other one that she's not so keen about is A Christmas Story, and uh, sometimes I have to watch that by myself. But on A Wonderful Life and a lot of your your Christmas movies that the miracle or somehow some event at Christmas is that somehow God sent an angel. Well, hear me. The Christmas record is that God did not send an angel. He didn't send an assistant. He didn't send a messenger. He came himself. He came himself. He didn't even send a prophet. He came himself. Self. You know, the myths that sometimes people get confused in talking about the love of God also, again, align or mis- misappropriate God's character. One of the things that Jesus, again, in coming to express the love of God, reminds us that God is not distant and detached. You see, the concept behind Islam and some of the other quote-unquote religions is a God where man is spent pursuing and trying to climb a ladder to try to reach God. The good news of the gospel is that God, a very God, came to reach man, to reach humanity, came to, as we said in John 1, came to pitch tent, came to dwell among us, came to live among us, came to bring the the blessing and the love of God to us. He shattered that myth that God is distant and His love is detached. All, you know, and I, I, when I thought about that, I thought about that song that, and I always have, it's not much, it's not very popular today anymore because it was worn down to death, but I absolutely forbid it because people thought because it mentioned God, it must be a Christian song. I forbid, and it was uh, from a distance, you know, that, the Bette Midler philosophy about God. From a distance, God is watching. No, He's not only watching, He's involving Himself. He's intervening Himself. He's not the God of a distance. He's the God of the present, the now, and He has expressed that in coming in the person of Jesus Christ. If you like that song, that's okay. There's no problem with that. It's just not very accurate biblically. You know, it's a great song. We enjoy it. But uh, uh, what was that? Beaches? Was that was that from? All right, now you're going to be wondering, like, what is he talking about? But Jesus also reminds us that the love of God uh, that he came to express also shows that God is not uncaring or unconcerned. People say, well, how... How do I know that God loves me? Look no further than the outstretched cross that Jesus came and gave himself on that cross. You need any any further proof of God's love for your life than to see that God is not uncaring or unconcerned? Also, Jesus came to erase 
the misconceptions and express the love of God by showing that God is not unmerciful, that God is not a tyrant. You see, again, people want to know the love of God, but they have all this baggage of stuff and their false concepts of God. I like something that Billy Graham said. He said, when I want to know what God is like, I take a long look at Jesus Christ. You want to know what God is like? Get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, have everlasting life. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says, God showed how much he loved us by doing what? Sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. And look at verse 10. This is real love. You know, there's a lot of phony love, right? There's a lot of false love. There's a lot of pretend love. There's a lot of temporary love. But the Bible says this is real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Paul described it this way in Ephesians 3 when he said in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, look at this, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is, may you experience the love of Christ. There's no depth you can fall that is beyond the love of God. It is wide and full, the love of God. It is deep. I remember reading a story about, some of you know who Corey Ten Boom uh, and the story of the hiding place, the movie and the story of the hiding place about a family that hid Nazis uh, there in the Netherlands and were sent to a concentration camp. And there's a story uh, told in, uh, in uh, Corey Ten Boom's uh, book, her autobiography called The Hiding Place, and that her sister Betsy, uh, who the, the, were in this concentration camp, and one day in this concentration camp uh, that they were in Auschwitz, and they were there, and one day, Corey's misery just cried out, and she said, this place is the pit of hell. And Betsy reminded her in the middle of that, that awful, horrible place, said, Corey, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Your life may be in the pits today. Your life may be in the pits today. But no matter how deep you, you fall, now how, how deep in the pits you may feel you are, God can go deeper. There is no place that God... In fact, the psalmist said, even if I make my bed in hell, you may be living through some hell in some situation, but the Bible says that thou art with me. God's presence never leaves us nor forsake us. And you may need to know the love of God. You may need to have some misconceptions about God eradicated. You may need to experience, note what it says, may you experience the love of Christ. It isn't about knowing about it. It isn't about just having an intellectual understanding about it. But the God, God who sent Jesus Christ, he didn't send a telegram. He didn't send an email. He didn't drop a big book. He didn't even drop the Bible down from heaven. He came himself to reveal what he's like. And he lived a life where people could 
could know him. He wants us to experience the love of God and the love of Christ. And you may be this morning someone who is here and you've never entered into that personal experience of the love of God and the love of Christ. You know, today is the day we commemorate or celebrate the birthday of Jesus. Nobody really knows what exact day it was that Jesus was born, but this is as good a day as any day. And so we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But how wonderful it would be, how significant would it be in your life that on the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus was the day of your spiritual birthday that you crossed over into that place of faith and had a relationship for the first time. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about being born in a church. I'm not talking about being christened as a baby and uh, your great-granddaddy was a Methodist preacher. No, God has no grandchildren. He wants us all to enter into that experience of the love of Christ. And what day is better than the birthday that we celebrate the Lord Jesus to be your spiritual birthday? And so we see the three purposes of Christmas. One, Jesus came to earth to erase the misconceptions about God so that you know what he's really like. He came to express the love of God that you know no matter uh, whatever it is, place you are, you're not alone in this world. But notice thirdly and last this morning is that Jesus came to enable a relationship with God. He came to bridge and make that relationship possible. Ephesians 1.5 reads, God decided in advance, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Do you realize the reason you're alive today is for no other reason that God wants you alive today? And so you have to ask yourself, why, why does God want me alive? Why has God sustain my life. If God didn't want you to be alive, you would have never been born. You wouldn't be here right now. The most important thing that you need to hear today in this place on this day is to know that your life is significant, that your life has purpose, and that you are not an accident. There are no accidental babies. There are accidental parents. Hello? But there are no accidental babies. You are not an accident. God had a purpose and has a purpose and a plan for your life. God made us. Listen to me. God made us, designed us to last forever. One day, your heart is going to stop. And that's, going, that's not going to be the end of you. We had a beloved saint who was a part of this church for many, many years. Rhonda Hanley entered into the presence of the Lord, uh, I believe, Thursday night or Friday night. Friday night. And guess what? That's not the end of Rhonda Hanley. In fact, it's just the beginning of Rhonda Hanley. This life, hear me, this life is preparation for eternity. And you will spend eternity in one of two places. God came to bring us to the place, to make it possible that we would know that there is a way to God. He wants a relationship 
with us. The Bible says that God made you. He made you for eternity. He made you because He loved you, because it pleased Him. Look at what that verse says in Ephesians 1.5, uh, where it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into His family. In the bottom part, in the white, this is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. Why did God make you? Because it pleased Him to do so. Why did, why did God design your life in such a way? Now, we've gone our own way. We've gone astray. We've, we've violated God's uh, standard, God's purposes for our life. <coughs> and yet, guess what? God's purposes still remain true for our life. And God loved us so much that He enabled a way that we could come to Him, that we could we could. Uh, cross over into that gulf of separation that separated us between ourselves and a holy God. We could not do that ourselves. No religious activity, no works that you could do. It only came because Jesus Christ was that bridge. Jesus Christ was the gift that the Bible says. And God wants us to live with Him in relationship forever. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus... On this earth, you're going to spend eternity with Him. That's the promise of Scripture. But if you do not have a relationship with Jesus here on this earth, you are not going to spend eternity with Him forever. God has done what is poss- done everything possible so that we could know Him and know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. God took the initiative that while... We were yet sinners, the Bible says, what? Christ died for us. While we were yet the most undesirable, God loved us. The Bible says in Romans 5.1 that God has made us His friends. You know, you can understand the first part of this. You could really understand what God is like. You can understand the truth of what God is like and still miss miss God. You can even know about the love of God and understand the love of God and still miss it. How? Because you yourself have never entered into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have a lot of knowledge about God. You can know that his, about His love. You say, well, I've been a Christian all my life. No, you haven't. Nobody's a Christian all their life. Nobody's naturally born into Christianity There comes a place that you had to make a choice and a place where you crossed that line and said, I choose to be a believer in Jesus Christ. I make this choice. There came a time when I met Sherry and we got to know each other and we fell in love. But as good as that was, we didn't have the relationship we have today until I stood before a crowd of people and said, what? I do. Some of you have never said, I do, to Jesus. You've never said, I do, to the Savior that gives himself today. And today is a great reminder on this day, not just the Lord's day, but Christmas day, that this is God's invitation for you to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Saying yes to Christ. Yes, I want to know him. Yes, I want to begin a relationship with him. How do I do that? Well, the Bible makes it real simple. People in churches make it complicated. Have you figured that out? 
Jesus just says in Scripture that if you would confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will be saved. It's that simple. Trusting in Christ. We talk about faith. Faith may be a little nebulous concept, but faith is just another word for trust. That I'm trusted. Why? You know, if you were to ask a, a Christian and the, the, they would, you would ask them, why do you have the assurance that when you die that you're going to be with Christ forever in his heaven? How do you know? How do you know? You say, the only assurance I have is because I'm trusting solely in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. If you start adding in about the times you go to church and how much you give and how many Girl Scout cookies you bought and how you don't kick the dog and all that. No, it's through Christ and Christ alone that we anchor our faith and our hope that as Rhonda Hanley did so many years ago, that she left us with, left with the great assurance and crossed over into her reward. But she had the assurance of knowing that Jesus Christ was her Lord and Savior. Listen, don't miss, don't miss the purpose of Christmas. And hear me, it's not about what's under the tree, it's about the one who died on a tree. Okay? Let's pray.